Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Download. Um, we're here for another inter- great interview with uh, Pastor Mike Robertson. He is the global pastor of Visalia Church, uh, Visalia First Church in uh, Central California. Um, pastor Mike just recently transitioned from a lead pastor role to global pastor of the church. Um, they have about 3,000 attendees at the church and um, recently he wrote a book called Dealing with Difficult People Without Killing Them. Um, This book uh, was written by Pastor Mike and um, we go into a deep dive on how how, uh, he handles dealing with difficult people through his pastoral experience and so we hope you enjoy this uh, great interview with uh, Pastor Mike Robertson. Well, welcome to another episode of the Leadership Download. Today we have a, a special guest here, uh, Pastor Mike Robertson. Um, thank you, Mike, for being with us uh, on this episode of the Leadership Download. Um, Pastor Mike, uh, do you want to tell a little bit about yourself? Well, um, hey, thanks. First off, just thank you for having me, and I uh, appreciate that very, very much. The um, my journey has been an interesting one. I haven't always been a, uh, a Christian guy, but um, had a few experiences. And uh, when I was 19 and I really turned my life around when I found found God, uh, I was a dope smoking, beer drinking, uh, girl chasing, knucklehead kid, spent all my money every time I got a paycheck. And finally, I, I had an experience with God, changed my life. and. Uh, I uh, did not know I was supposed to be a pastor, but later on became a pastor. And uh, I've been pastoring for probably the last 30 years, or I don't know, I quit counting. When you get my age, you quit counting. Uh, so, yeah, and pastor today, a great church out in California, Central California, Visalia. And I've been really enjoying life. Uh, uh, yeah, that's about all there is to say about me, I think. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, Pastor Mike, thanks for thanks for uh, taking the time to be with us. Now you have a very busy schedule, and uh, so we're here to talk about uh, Pastor Mike's book, uh, latest book called "Dealing with Difficult People Without Killing Them." Um, so, Pastor Mike, what really sparked the writing of this book? Because I know everyone that's listening, and even all three of us here uh, as part of this interview, deal with difficult people. You know. Um... Everyone has them, don't they? Everyone has difficult people. They're not going to leave our lives. And, um, you know, difficult people can play a very important role in your life if you're mature enough to to see that as it is. Um, so I, I'm a Bible guy. There, there's the first king of Israel, you know, King Saul was king. And, and then all of a sudden God rejected him and God chose another guy by the name of David. David was the J- Justin Bieber of his day. I mean, he just, I mean, that boy played an uh, instrument and overnight success and all the ladies loved him. Uh, but he had some character uh, development that needed to take place. So God anointed him as king of Israel, the best king Israel ever had. But he wouldn't let him take the throne for years. And he used a difficult person by the name of Saul who was sitting on the throne that David was supposed to have, but God used that seven, eight years to forge some really uh, a steel down into David's character. 
And so I think the um, uh, my reason for writing this book was that everybody has difficult people. And most times those difficult people were sent by God for a character flaw possibly that was in us or character development because God is mostly concerned about our destination. But when we get to our destination, uh, a lot, you know, there's a lot of people, they, 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 they get to the platform and they get there too quick. And if you get there too quick and you didn't develop your character, you won't have what it takes to keep the platform when you get it. God was making sure old David, when he got on the, became the, in leadership, top leadership of Israel, he won, he, he finally got to the place and God had beat that boy seven ways a Sunday. I mean, he was, he, and you ever wonder why you're getting beat up so many times by difficult people or just life? Well, uh, a lot of times that, that, that's, that's what we need. We need to be beat up a little bit. So I wrote it because uh, everybody gets beat up. Everybody's got difficult people and how we manage that is, is crucial to our destination. Uh, yeah, Pastor Mike, just to kind of kind of dive into the book a little bit. Um, I think this is in our initial notes, but you you talk about in the first chapter the the, the really the four um, the four kinds of people that you're going to basically interact the four types of relationships you're going to have in life. Can you can you unpack those a little bit for us? Well, um, you're going to have to remind me of all of those. I'm an old man and I forget what I write. But, uh, uh, there, you know, there's casual relationships that we have, Travis, that, that, you know, we bump and roll on a lot of relationships in life. And then uh, there, are, there are friends for a season. Uh, we have friends for a season um, that, I don't mean, just short-term friends. And then we have friends for a reason. Uh, friends for a reason, uh, say, if you're involved in a political campaign and, you want to get your political uh, uh, guy elected, you, you, you'll go join with some people you don't even know, but you have a platform that is similar, so you become friends for a reason. Uh, friends for a season and friends for a reason are just, they're sort of temporary. Uh, you, don't want, you don't usually make lasting, long-lasting life friends out of those types of uh, relationships. Um, what you're looking for in life is really lifelong friends. Uh, you may pick some up in a season. You may pick some up for a reason. But the, uh, the I think the most important one is friends of treason because that right there is the one we don't want. That's right there is the one we don't like. Um, but honestly, until you're betrayed, until a difficult person comes into your life and really hurts you, um, you you cannot get to your destiny without a friend of treason. I'm a pastor, and uh, uh, my greatest model is, is Jesus. You know, you know, when Jesus, he, he, he stood up one day and he said, Who, I know a lot of people are talking about me, but what are they saying? And uh, one said this, one said that, but Peter said, you're He's, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. And, uh, and Peter was on top of the mountain that day. The next day, uh, Peter said some dumb stuff, and, God, and Jesus called him Satan. Get, get behind me. You, you, you're, you're being used by Satan. 
I mean, just a very difficult thing. And then in Jesus' inner circle, he had one that betrayed him royally. I mean, this, you talk about your inner circle, Travis. I mean, these are your closest buddies. And one of them betrays you. And I mean, betrayed him big time. Uh, but it's interesting that when, when, when Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus, he identified him uh, with a kiss. Judas comes up there and the soldiers looking for Jesus and he kisses him on the cheek. And the interesting thing, Jesus called him friend. Jesus called him friend, a friend of treason right there. Here's a guy. Uh, he said, now you do what you got to do. Uh, uh, you know, I don't, whatever you got to do. Jesus could not get to the cross without Judas. And had Jesus not gotten to the cross, none of us could have been born again and set free. So, uh, I keep that in mind because um, some of those people that we call our friends are not necessarily our friends. Some people that have, have really wronged us, we, we really take, maybe it's the people who wronged us the most are our best friends. Uh, and that's what it was in the life of Jesus. So if you got a person right now in your life that is just, uh, you want to kill them? You know, my first title of this book, Dealing with Difficult People Before You Kill Them. Because I've had a lot of people want to kill them. But I went to the publisher, and the publisher said, we cannot print that. So he changed the word without killing them. All right. Because I've got some people I wanted to kill. But uh, <laughs> they were put there put there because of some character flaw or development I needed in my life. So that's the basis of uh, friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends for life. But don't forget, friends for a treason can do more for you than anybody else. Wow, that's so good. That is so good. Cameron? Yeah. Um, so, Mike, I know, Pastor Mike, I know you, you're pastor uh, a church of over 7,000 people, and I'm sure with that comes uh, with a pretty large staff and team that helps lead the church. And uh, I'm sure within that team, there's difficult people that you've encountered. So <laughs> what's your approach to, to um, dealing with difficult people? Well, Cameron... Uh, again, it's the Jesus style. Um, Jesus hanging on the cross, and uh, everybody's messed with him. And he's he simply says a simple word. He said, "Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do." I think that's my first base when I deal with people because people don't always know what they're doing. I mean, when you're young, you you make a lot of mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes in our twenties and thirties, and and uh, you just don't always know what you're doing. But uh, I, I, I think, um, you know, I try to teach our people. We have, I got, we have 70 staff members here, um, and that's not including our schools and what have you. But um, I, I promise you, one of them is doing something really stupid right now <laughs> because, oh. because they are, uh, because we always do something stupid. But, but I say to my people, hey, lead with love, lead with uh, respect lead with that you don't know what that person's going through you don't know what kind of uh, hell they're having to pay at home you don't know you don't know what people are bringing to the table so lead with love uh, never ever disrespect people and uh, just every day every day uh, people come up to me and people come up to you and they're going to bring the, the fighter out of you or they're going to bring the king out of you uh, if you're a female, there's people who are going to bring the queen out of you. There's the people who are going to bring the fight out of you. 
You remember the story back in the Old Testament where David was, uh, before he became king, he was out patrolling uh, with his guys out in this valley called Valley Paran. And he, he got hungry, had been out there, he had protected that valley. No one, no one lost anything in that valley while David and his 600 men were out there because they were pretty ruthless guys. I mean, you didn't mess with David when he was around. Nobody wanted to fight him in those early days. And so David ran low on food and he told his guys, he said, hey, go over to that farmer's house over there, a guy by the name of Nabal, and see if he'll give us some food. He goes over there and uh, Nabal was a crusty old dude. Just He just basically cussed the guys out and said, don't you ever come back here. Who's that punk David, et cetera, so forth. Well, uh, David, as soon as he heard that news, it brought the fight out of him. He, I mean, just the day before he was forgiving people, he was doing things. But the next day, one person ticked him off. He pulled out his sword. He told his 600 men, you get your sword on. We're going to kill everybody in Nabal's household. They're marching down through the valley there. And uh, but Nabal's wife, uh, Abigail, she heard the news and she said, uh, saddle me up a donkey. Get me some dates. Get me some figs. Get me some fruit. I'm going to run out there. And she did. And she carried a load of food out there against her husband's wishes load of food out there and bowed before David in the middle of that desert and said, please forgive my husband. He's a foolish man. Please, here's food for all your family. And she took the fight out of David's heart. So what I, when you see a difficult situation and you see difficult people, you have one or two options. You can fight. You can bring the fight out in that person. And a lot of times people sometimes are a whole lot better fighters than you are. You don't want to get in that tangle sometimes. But mm-hmm. he brought the king out of him, and she reminded him. She said, David, when you come into your kingdom, you don't need the blood of this foolish man on your sword. You are a king. You are a king. Please forgive this bad decision of my husband. And completely disarmed him. If I can get all of our staff to do that, to bring the king, to bring the queens out of people, rather than to, to, to get off in this carnal fleshly thing that we do we want to fight we want to just be right all the time lead with love be a servant and respect and bring the kings and queens out of everybody life will be a whole lot better that's so true pastor mike i remember early on in in my when i started in leadership roles is uh i like what you said about you know we don't know what's what people's circumstances are why they're being difficult because um I remember dealing with difficult people early on and was like, why are people, why are people so difficult? Why can't this be, you know, Kings and Queens. And then once you take the time and effort and, and this is hard, this is the hard part of being a leader, taking the time and effort in getting to know the individuals that are difficult, understand the circumstances, you really start to understand why they are the way they are. And then you can help better lead them as a leader. That's what I found. That's, that's a good word, Cameron, because in what you, what happens a lot of times, those people become friends for life. Yep. If you go through a difficult time with somebody and you put the sweat equity in it and you do the heavy lifting, uh, you made it some good friends there. And uh, you made it in the ditches and, and, and boy, better friends that way. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit harder. It takes a little bit more time and effort, but it's well worth it. A lot more. 
yeah. a lot of more work. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Pastor Mike, as we kind of transition, obviously, you know, there's there's tons and tons of more um, information and content that you could share. So we encourage you guys that you are know, listening to this, you know, to go and buy the book dealing with difficult people without killing them. So we don't want to give it all away. We want everybody to go out and buy buy your book and and um, and support the support this this work. But you know, me and Cameron, we 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 you know we transitioned into leadership roles at a very young age. You know, for me, I was I'm like 22 or 23 years old when I took my first uh, senior management position, which was fairly young for the aviation industry. Yeah. You know, what what advice would you give to young people who are transitioning into leadership roles today? Well, you know, um, um, Travis, the you guys did a podcast on mentorship. Great mm-hmm. podcast. And uh, I, I think the, the number one thing a young person needs is a mentor. But the most the most difficult thing is to find one that will mentor you. And uh, I remember John Maxwell. We all know John Maxwell. John Maxwell, um, in his early days, he said that he couldn't get anybody to help him. So he would pay a guy, I think, a hundred dollars. He'd call up a leader somewhere. I'll give you a hundred dollars. Buy your lunch and give you a hundred dollars. You'll have lunch with me. And he, he got all these great leaders. I said, well, I'm going to try that. I called up all these guys and offered to buy them lunch and give them a hundred dollars. Nobody, nobody. When I was a young guy in my twenties, nobody would take me up on that. So I learned a, a big lesson that uh, you can mentor from afar. You can mentor from a distance. So I just started buying everybody's books. I started buying everybody's uh, CDs and I just started downloading stuff, downloading stuff, downloading stuff. And because my biggest regret in life is I think that I didn't get a good mentor early enough. Uh, I think I could have solved a lot of problems in my 20s if I'd had. So I did the best I could. I went to older people. And if you'll make a relationship with older people, they'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. Yeah. Old people know stuff. I mean, they, they, a lot of old people kept me out of a lot of mistakes on the stage. Uh, I would want to say something, do something. And uh, they said, no, don't say that. Don't do that. And uh, so if you can't find uh, uh, someone to mentor you, find some older people. They will help you. Uh, definitely a mentor at a, at a distance seminar, books, you know, Someone, I, I bought a book one day years ago for $55 and a buddy with me said, I can't believe you paid $55 for that book. I said, I didn't pay for the book. I, I just paid for that man's life. I got his whole life story mm-hmm. for 55 bucks and I'm sure I'm going to learn something there. And another thing, Travis, is, um, um, you know, I've learned a lot from failures. I've learned a lot from people who failed royally. If you want to learn some really quick lessons fast, go find someone that's really messed up their life and say, hey, Joe, uh, uh, what we have lunch? I see that you really, you're a smart guy. You're, you're an intelligent guy. You had a good family. And boy, you just managed to flush everything down the toilet. Tell me what you did. <laughs> and boy, just take notes and some dash lights will start to go off in your own life saying, you know what, I, I better straighten up in that area of my life as well. I'm just going to be like old Joe. So you can learn a whole lot from failed mentors uh, as well as successful mentors. And and if you watch the guys with the scars, 
Uh, well, old guy told me one time, just follow the guys with the scars and you'll be okay. Uh, find some guys with some stars, scars, some girls with some scars. They'll, they'll teach you some stuff that a, that a book can't ever teach you. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. Um, you know, one more question and I'll pass it back to Cameron. Um, so, so as you look at, you know, the, the young people that are kind of coming into leadership today, what is, what is one thing that you see them doing that you wish you could just say, Hey, I get, you know, I, I need you to learn this lesson quickly or, or something maybe, maybe it's dealing with difficult people. What is something you're seeing today? That's a concern to you as a, a more seasoned leader. Well, um, I, I, I love these, I love these young people. Uh, matter of fact, I think young people today are smarter than we were when we were that age and they have more tools. They have more at their fingertips. They have more than we ever had. Uh, but I think if they could learn some very basic things of, uh, uh honor, and respect uh, those that have gone before you. I know they're outdated in their in your minds, uh, but if you would learn honor and respect, you know, if you would simply respect those that have gone before you, uh, those people will recognize that, and those people have the power to bless you. Those people have the power to promote you, and those people have all kinds of power. You know, the, when the baby boomers go off the scene, there's going to be the biggest transfer of wealth ever in the world that has ever happened. The baby boomers are loaded with money and they've got to offload it to someone, someone. And a lot of them are not going to give all that money to the family. They're looking for good young people. Uh, we're looking for good young people to invest in all the time. We have a college here. We're a university here at our, our church. And because uh, we will throw we will throw the farm at young people. And if they will just pick up a few little cues like, hey, honor those that have mm -hmm. gone on before you, respect those. And even a dog knows when you respect them. Uh, it's not, <laughs> it, it, you just learn, you just know. And there's some people that we always have, old people always have our eyes out for these young people that we want to invest in. And if they'll just show a little courtesy and uh, honor, honor the past just a little bit, I promise you, it'll take them a whole long way. Wow. All right. That's really good. Um, yeah, I think uh, you make a good point, Pastor Mike. I think I think through through throughout my 20s, associating myself with people that are wiser and a bit more seasoned than I am and uh, more, more older, um, they poured into my life and added so much value uh, than those that were kind of close to, to my age. So I found that I found that very, very valuable, especially as a young leader. Those yep. are, you're so right. Those are the people that are going to promote you, be your advocates. And I think the key to that is the respect and honor. Yep. 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 And it's very difficult, Cameron, because we live in a society where dishonor seems to be the in vogue today, especially with our media It's just like, Oh my goodness. Uh, but somebody, somebody has to bring honor back. And I think of honor like this, you know, everything you want in life, picture a six story building, everything you want in life is on, everything you don't want in life is on the bottom floor. 
in the basement. You get in the elevator and you, you're on level three when you come into life. So you choose if I go up in life or if I go down in life. I choose what type of friends am I going to punch in the elevator day? Am I going to punch my friends that are seven, eight, and nines? Or am I going to punch my low-level friends that I'm going to go party and hang out with? Uh, uh, and then this thing of honor. If every time you honor somebody or something, you take a step up. It's like you get in a, a, a spiral staircase in this building. And every time you honor, you go up. Every time you dishonor, you go down. And one day you'll find yourself, if you're a dishonoring person, you'll find yourself in the basement of life. And you're down there hanging out with all kinds of bad stuff, sickness, you're broke, you're in poverty, you don't have any friends. It just, the list goes on and on. And you look around and say, how in the world did I get down here in this ugly basement? Well, you're down there, so choose a different pathway. You got down there through dishonor. Start honoring. If you honor, I mean, even honor your president, if you like him or if you don't like him. Honor your governor if you like them or don't like. Honor your pastor. Honor your parents. Come on, I, 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 I jokingly say a lot of times, God gave us a, a family to remind us there's a devil. Uh, but God <laughs> gave us <a> family. <laughs> God, God gave us family not only to remind us that there's a devil, but to grow us up. We all need to grow up, and if we didn't learn it at the house. We're going to have to learn it somewhere else. And a lot of time we're going to be put in the outhouse because we didn't learn in our house what we should have learned. And it all comes through honor and respect. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Um, so you, you talk a lot in about your book about uh, relationships. And so why are, I think you mentioned this before, but I want to hold in on this a little bit more is why are relationships so important when dealing with difficult people? What's the importance of, of relationships? You know, if, um, if you don't have relationships, when the, when the chips go down on you, you won't have anybody to pull you out. And I've had staff members that they're real good at building relationships. And when they mess up, those relationships will pull them out of the pit. But if, they, if they've been uh, snooty, if they've been uh, uh, just didn't make relationships, and when they get in trouble, those relationships will turn on you because you were never nice to them. You were always a jackass. And so why would they be friends with you? Why would, I mean, and when the, when the tables turn on yeah. you, they're going to all turn on you. It's all based in relationships. I tell my people all the time, I said, you know, your gift will make a way for you. Um, whatever gift you have, go share it with some kind of relationship. I take a lot of people out for lunch. I hardly eat lunch ever alone by myself. And I'd have to say probably 75, 80% of the time I pay for that lunch simply because I'm building relationship. I've, I've, I got a little cash now and I can help people. And I use, um, I have a gift of giving. I use money to, to help people with school. I use money to help the less fortunate. And that builds a relationship. That builds a relationship. And if you use whatever gift you have and you build a relationship with it, and you, I'm telling you, honor people on the way up. Because on the way down, mm -hmm. that's going to that's gonna pay off. Because we're all going to fall one of these days. We're all going to come down off our big mountain where we are and it's how you treated the people on the way up 
it determines how you're going to be treated on the way down. So I would yeah. say relationship is everything and always give more to a relationship than you take. Uh, who are these people that just take, 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 uh, yeah. give me, give me, my name is Jimmy. You know, uh, mm -hmm. those guys, uh, uh, matter of fact, um, if <laughs> I, when I was smoking dope one day, uh, when I was 19 years of age and I was getting high with my buddies and I looked around that bunch and I said, you know what? I'm the smartest guy in the room here. I realized I got to get me a different room. I got to get me some new friends. You know, mm -hmm. not all of your friends are going to take you where you need to go. And not all of your friends can go where you want to go. So find the relationships that are going to take you to your destiny. Invest in those relationships. It's going to cost you, but it's going to pay off. And there's no better relationship than those types of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Before I turn it back to Travis, uh, with relationships, uh, a big aspect of that is trust. And I know um, there are probably people listening where they've lost trust with their leaders yeah. or their leaders that have made mistakes and lost the trust of their people. Now, how do we, uh, how, how do you see, um, how do you recommend building back that trust? Because that relationship will probably never be there be to that point and how it was before. Well, whenever you screw up like that, you have to pay a trust tax and you're going to um, say you, you committed some kind of crime or you committed some kind of stupid thing. Uh, you can come back. Uh, it's going to take you some time. Just look at the Hollywood actors that have messed up um, and publicly ridiculed you give those guys five, seven years, they'll be coming. They'll come back around. Uh, you can, you can come back. You can definitely come back, but uh, rebuilding trust. So you have to go out of your way to rebuild trust. I got a guy that uh, works with me and he's not very, he don't trust many people. Something happened to him. And his, so I over communicate to that guy trust. I tell him everything I can tell him so that he doesn't have any suspicion toward my relationship, uh, because I think suspicion is a big thing, especially with people that have broken trust. Uh, it's a hard journey to walk out. It's a hard journey to come back from. But if you will um, get with the right people and um, if you will get God to help you out, um, you can you can build that trust. You're just going to have to be patient because it's going to take some time. But if, if I tell you those relationships are fighting for, fight for them, fight for them. And it's going to take you, you're going to have to humble yourself for three or four years, but you can get back. You can find your way back and you can do it through the gift that God has given you. You can. That's awesome. That's awesome. So as we wrap up here to uh, kind of close us out, we got a couple of fun questions for you to, uh, to end it out. So I always like to ask uh, two, two questions that I thought were are very interesting for me. And the first one is dead or alive. Who would you like to have dinner with? You say you like to take people to lunch. So who would you like to have dinner with? I'd not only like to have dinner with this person, but I'd like to just spend days on end. It's my father. My father died when I was 17 and I was not the best child. And I had been in jail three times and I was just a bad kid. And now that uh, I've outlived the age that he died at, 
And uh, my father, uh, he grew up poor. And uh, and that's one thing I grew up and I said, I'm never going to be broke like my daddy. But he had eight kids. I never, I didn't know what it cost to raise eight children. So he always borrowed money because he never had any money. If I had anybody that I could fellowship with today, I would go back and I would bless that old man that beat the hound out of me. You know, back in those days, kids got spanked and they called them a whooping in the South uh, where I grew up. And but I didn't understand him in those days, uh, but I understand him now. And I'd like to have dinner with him to say thank you for all the hard times that you gave me. Thank you for being a difficult person. Uh, even thank you for being a jackass. I don't know if I could say it on your podcast, but lots <laughs> of the jackass that are in my life. So it'd be my father and to pay him back for what he did to me. Cameron, do you want to ask the last one? Yeah. And then uh, Pastor Mike, what have you been reading lately? Anything? You know, uh, um, I'm currently reading T.D. Jake's books on Don't Drop the Mic, because uh, that fits my season of life where I'm starting to wind down a little bit and uh, don't drop the mic as he's saying, don't don't give up your voice just yet. You've got a voice. Continue to use it. Uh, one of my favorite books I just finished is Henry Nowen's book, the uh, the lost the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. Man, that book uh, because I'm a Rembrandt fan. Uh, he he built that book on one of Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal son. Uh, Henry Nowen's book, um, the, uh, the lost son, and of course Jordan Peterson. I don't know if anybody's better right now than Jordan Peterson, the Twelve Rules to Life. Uh, he, uh, that book, um, Jordan Peterson is just a, a, a clinical psychologist. That is, he's, um, he, he, I like the life by Jordan Peterson. You ought to read it. You ought to read all three of them. Well, Cameron, you want to wrap us up? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, thank you so much, Pastor Mike. Um, for those that are listening, um, feel free to get your copy of Dealing with Difficult People Without Killing Them, uh, by Pastor Mike Robertson. Um, well, Pastor Mike, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I know for me, I learned a lot through through just speaking with you and getting to know you. Um, and uh, we know that this is going to add value to a lot of our listeners that are listening, both young, uh, seasoned, and new, new leaders. So um, we hope that you found this content very valuable. Um, and definitely check out his book. We'll drop the link uh, in the comments. And uh, thank you again, Pastor Mike. Thank you, guys. Thank you for all you're doing. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. I'm going to keep listening. Well, thank you guys for joining us on another edition of the Leadership Download. We thank you guys so much for joining us. I hope we added value today. And if you want to um, be able to connect with Mike Robertson, please uh, check out the social media, his social media, and all his different platforms for more information as we learned today dealing with difficult people without killing them is a it's a possibility in all of our lives it's a challenge but it is something that we can all do and we should all strive to do as christians and believers so we thank you guys so much for joining us catch us on tcadvisorygroup.com um, check us out on youtube spotify apple wherever you want whatever your viewing preference is 
um, we, we are there and we are available to you. If you find this useful, please share, comment, or whatever is necessary on the platform that you're checking us out on. We thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.